right. Good morning, church family. And hey, look at you. And uh, so proud of you. Hey, I want I want to do something. Uh, I would like for you to go ahead and grab this card out of your pouch. Everybody grab it. I'll wait. Everybody grab. When Shelly was doing this announcement, I didn't see a lot of movement. So we're going to create some movement. So everybody grab it. Okay. If your neighbor is not doing it, push them, shove them, tell them, rebuke them, correct them, discipline them. All right. I want you to grab this card. There's a pen in your pouch too. And I want you to fill this card out right now. Okay, and um, if you are going to enter the chili cook-off contest, then check that box right now. If you're going to bring a side dish or a dessert, check one of those boxes, and you fill that out, all right? And then you're going to drop it in the give bin when you leave. That's fine, or you can hand it to one of our serve team members, and they'll put it in the give bin, then we'll collect it, because we really do need to know. We, we purchase all of the meat, all of the main ingredients for this, and so it really helps us uh, kind of get an idea. So if you're going to enter one of the contests or you're going to just bring a side dish or bring a dessert, please let us know, indicate that, and then turn that in. Thank you so much uh, for participating. All right. And then, uh, again, drop them in the give bins on the way out are, are fine. Hey, well, today, um, if it's your first time, you've shown up on a great Sunday because today is something we're calling Compassion Sunday. We just got out of a series called Rethink Religion, and today is going to all be about our compassion. And I want to talk to you a little bit, too, about uh, just the vision of our church, where we've been, and a little bit about where we're going. So if today's your first time with us or just you're still new with us, uh, it's a great Sunday to kind of get an in inside perspective, if you would, on who we are as a church body. And if you've been with us for a long time, then uh, today's a great day, too, because we get to celebrate things that God has done and then things that we believe that he's also going to be doing in the future. So uh, Compassion Sunday is what today is, and it's kind of more of a family talk, and so there's still some teaching certainly inside, but uh, a lot of this is just going to feel more like a family talk and just updating and information on where we are as a church and where we believe God's taking us, and so uh, excited to be here. And normally vision talks happen at the beginning of the year, but how many of you guys know that it's good to know where you're going before the new year begins, right? So uh, this is what this is about. It's kind of a vision talk in a way, just setting the course for 2024, because how you end a year is how you start the next one. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of you didn't know that. You should write that down in case you didn't know that. All right. So uh, in the beginning of our church, 2015, when uh, God started putting uh, the, the heart of this church in my heart, um, there was a word that really resonated with me in the very beginning, 2015, and it was the word compassion, and it came from this statement in Matthew, and I'll read it to you, Matthew 9, 35. Uh, if you have your sermon notes, you can follow along. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, te teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That Greek word splagnizimai, the word for compassion, means to have a movement in one bowels. That's awesome, right? <laughs> Just read that, because sometimes I give a definition, you're like, huh? But yeah, go ahead, that's what it means. And so... You ever had a movement in your bowels? That's what it means. So it, it actually is thought of to be the seat of love and pity. It's like that gut, like something deep inside moves you to involvement. So when Jesus sees these people, he's moved to get involved. He can't just pass by and do nothing. 
And so this idea of compassion really resonated with me uh, in our beginning season. Do you guys remember the cartoon Pie Pie? Anybody pop, remember Pie Pie? Not Pie Pie Chicken. Are you making fun of me for my accent? It's okay. All right. All right. Y'all are trying to make fun of me. Do you remember this statement, though? Let's all read it together. Do you remember this? This is all I can stands. I can't stands no more. How many of you guys remember that as a kid, right? The spinach and the whole thing. Compassion is that. It's like I'm so moved by something, I have to get involved and do something about it. I can't just sit back. I can't take it anymore. I've got to do something about that. And that's where oftentimes vision is rooted in, right? Vision is rooted a lot of times from something that just kind of gets to your stomach so much that you've got to do something to solve that problem or fix that thing. And so that's a lot of times where vision comes from. And so uh, for us as a church family, this word compassion always resonated. And I'll tell you where just the root of compassion and why we call it compassion offering is because real compassion shows action. This is the whole reason why we call it compassion offering because real compassion shows action. It doesn't just say, oh, I feel bad or I'm empathetic or sympathetic or whatever. It's I've got to get involved because something really sits in my gut about this. Like Jesus, walking by people like harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I've got to get involved. I've got to do something. He was moved in his bowels. Amen. All right. So... That's just kind of an idea of why we call it compassion offering. And when we talk about compassion today, you can understand that real compassion shows action. All right, so uh, I want to talk to you uh, first about uh, land and building. And I'm just going to talk about land and building. Again, it's kind of a family talk. Uh, We are, uh, some of you are asking about our 21-day fast that we're concluding. Uh, Some of you are asking, can I end today? You can end today, right now if you want. And you want to run out and go eat? Go. Go. but, um, or whatever you're fasting, but if you want to break the fast today or tomorrow morning to be technical or tonight, you know, wherever you feel best. But thank you for uh, partnering with us in prayer and 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we weren't really fasting for land, if you remember that, but really just for God's continued direction in the season. And so let me just kind of unpack land and building. So uh, a couple of months ago, uh, for me personally, I felt like the Lord wanted to kind of send me through a time of prayer and fasting, and I did. And um, and in this time of prayer and fasting about where we are as a church and where God wants to take us going forward, there was a word that came to me. And it's a word that a lot of us probably love to hear when God says it, and it was the word wait. How many of you guys love the word wait when the Lord says wait? Amen. Love wait. And when I first heard it, my first reaction was like, no, I don't want to wait. No, I couldn't have been God. You ever try to do that? You know, you're praying. You're like, no, that, that, that's just me. It's, it's got to be, that's no, not wait. And so, but certainly the Lord said the word wait. And how many of you guys know, too, when God speaks a lot of times, he tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear? Yeah. And then you're like, ah, oh, that's not what I really what I want to hear. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, so it's got to be, you try to convince yourself it's another voice. Have you ever done that? And then you kind of leave. Can you just like, now I'm done praying. Obviously, I'm not hearing God right now. And then you come back the next day and you try again. It's the same answer. And you're like, no, that, that, that's just coincidence. And you ever had that stuff happen? I don't know. And so... So, but the word that he kept giving me for us as a church family was wait. And I thought that was interesting because in February, we're going to celebrate our eighth birthday. And so just the phrasing wait and eight uh, came to mind. And I thought, well, that's going to be a great year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> waiting isn't fun. And um, so, 
So in that, as God started to unfold this, I'll, I'll speak to the land and building. So one of the things that we certainly want to do, certainly, no, no doubt about it, we'd love to see our, our place, you know, be able to find a place to get rooted and established. And, um, but as we pray and, and fast forward that, we've been in contracts, y'all know that, we've made an offer recently on a piece of property, but, you know, we're not uh, anxiously waiting for it. If it comes, amen. If it doesn't, we'll keep waiting. But uh, one of the things that came to me about land and building, and I just want to, I want to put this on the forefront of our hearts and minds, is that the building is not the goal. It's not the end. Uh, it's always going to be about people at Brave. Amen. And so, uh, but a building is a tool. And so there was a picture that I've uh, been kind of using and kind of language with certain people when I talk about, you know, where we are and where we're headed. And uh, it's, it was just two tool, tools because a building is ultimately a tool. That's all it is. It's not the destination. It's a tool that can be used, and it's a great tool. Uh, and so my conversation with our Father in heaven has been, you know, something like this. I've had this picture of a screwdriver, you know, just a manual, you know, screwdriver, and, um, and that's a great tool for a lot of things. But how many of you know, you know, it's nice to have a power tool you know, every once in a while? And uh, it's a little easier. And, and so there's just some, you know, different things you can do. And I had this kind of thought of just, I feel like, you know, we've been doing this for seven years, you know. And Father, it'd be really good to have a screw gun, you know, this Christmas. And, you know, something that you could, you could just have, zip, 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 that'd be a lot easier, you know. And you could get more efficient. You could do some more things with it. So I was telling Pastor Joel this. He's the senior pastor of Bridgeway. That's the church that planted us. And uh, was talking to him about this a couple of weeks back, and he made a statement to me that, of course, the Lord used, and it was just, it was the idea of a father and a child, and he said, yeah, but sometimes the father doesn't put it into the son's hands until he's ready for the power tool. In other words, you wouldn't hand Samuel a power tool, would you? No. And, uh, but you might let him use a, a little, you know, screwdriver, or, you know, and so there's a graduation in that, and a, you know, a maturing process that happens, and so I'm like, Joel, what are you trying to say? I'm immature, man. <laughs> Can't trust me with a power tool yet. But it was, just, it was just this kind of conversation, I think, that the Lord was just showing me. Do I think the power tool will come one day? Amen. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but in the process, just stay faithful with what, you know, you're given. And there's a process in, in this waiting. And so uh, that was the picture that I had that I feel like, Lord, would you graduate us to a power tool? How many of you guys are ready for a power tool? Set up, tear down, team, raise your hand, amen. Okay, so, all right. So when I got the word wait and eight, does that make sense? Kind of just keep waiting in the Lord, just be still, wait in the Lord, wait in the Lord. Uh, I didn't have a verse attached to it yet. I, did, I didn't know outside of just the word wait, what does that mean? Do nothing, you know, what, what, what does wait mean? And so then I got a verse this week and the verse came to me and I went, ah, that's it. And so that, a verse I'd like to us to kind of anchor into as we go into 2024 is Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. It says this, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives us power, he gives power to the weak and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So when I got that verse, I started to just 
learn it and kind of put myself around it. And this, this whole passage is, which was interesting as it all started coming together, is where Israel is facing a difficult task ahead. They're actually heading back to rebuild in their homeland, the temple. Are you following me and how I'm receiving this from the Lord? They're, they're on a mission to rebuild their temple and their homeland. They've got a difficult task ahead of them. And so they begin to complain about where they currently are. And so Isaiah simply reminds them of who their God is. And even though they're facing a difficult task, he's like, get your eyes off of that and put your eyes up on him. Anytime you need to change your your outlook, what Isaiah is saying is when you need to change your outlook, start to have a different perspective, start to have more uplook, you know, kind of start to look up more at God, look at who God is. So Isaiah 40 is all about this understanding that God, he is the creator. He is able to do all of these things. He will carve the paths out. Look what it says in Isaiah 40, a few verses back, Isaiah says this, Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What Isaiah is saying to the nation of Israel is the Lord is going before you, and he will prepare a way, and he will remove the obstacles in your way. Israel is headed home, and God is leading the way. Listen to the language. Every mountain made low, the rough ground becomes level. He is carving the path in the direction of where you're headed, that God will go before you. And when God goes before you, no need to worry, no need to have fear. So when you behold the greatness of God, then you will see from the proper perspective. The whole theme of Isaiah 40, and this is what I'm speaking and proclaiming over our church, and I believe this is in alignment with his word, is that in 2024, it's the reminder for you, it's the reminder for me that God is greater. God is greater. And so whenever uh, this year passes and you enter into 2024, just keep remembering that God is greater. This is Isaiah's uh, declaration to them and all the Jews who have a long road ahead of them and are complaining about their journey. Now, I know none of us have ever complained about setup and teardown or serving in different classrooms or having, it's too cold, it's too hot. We don't ever complain about the comfortable chairs we sit in. I know that um, you love how metal they are, you know, they're so comfortable. And um, and none of you bring cushions because, you know, I mean, no, you do because it's like, this is really what I said, a nicer chair. Okay, so... Here's the point, this nation, they didn't have enough strength to finish the work that God called them to. They're running out of strength. That's why they're complaining. But why are they complaining? Because they're losing strength. And why are they losing strength? Because they're not trusting in God's strength. They're trusting in their own strength. Heard some tell me recently today, you know, how how are you, or a couple days ago, even this week, actually, somebody brought up the statement about how are you going to build land in a building and all the money. I said, you know, the best news is I don't have to. And they go, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I'm right. I don't have to do that thing. I don't know. It's not my, it's not my you know, uh, agenda. It's his agenda. And so, you know, he'll buy it when he's ready. Amen? He'll, he'll work the miracle however he works the miracle. So I, I let go of that whole pressure a long time ago, about a week ago. And it's been about <laughs> But I'm growing in the Lord, and I'm learning. Lord, I'm done. I've carried it too long. 
So Isaiah says, when you wait on the Lord, when you consider his greatness, you gain strength. I want you to know that today. When you consider the greatness of God, you gain strength. In fact, the word wait in the New King James, when you see wait on the Lord, most of us have heard it talked about it that way. You wait on the Lord, you wait on the Lord. Well, the NIV, I think, does a better job because he uses the language, you hope in the Lord. Look at the verse Isaiah 40, 28. And he goes through the same statements, and I'm just gonna look down at verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The word simply means Wait means to look with hope, look with expectation, hope in the Lord. So when you think about waiting in the Lord, don't think about a passive waiting doing nothing. Instead, think about hoping in the Lord and all of a sudden everything changes. So when you have hope in the Lord, you gain strength. Every time you reestablish hope in the Lord. So the whole idea is not about passive sitting around, doing nothing, waiting on him. No. Isaiah writes that those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. How do they receive strength from the Lord? He says we receive it when we hope in the Lord. When we hope in the Lord. Write this in your notes, please. When we hope in the Lord, we gain strength from the Lord's. In other words, as we wait, we grow. As we wait... We grow. When we have hope in the Lord, our faith grows. Our strength grows. As we hope in the Lord, give us, God, give us strength, if you would. But we don't expect to come to him and pouring it into us. This is important to understand. He's not gonna just pour into us his strength. No, God brings us his strength as we seek him. That's why it says if we're weak, we find this strength because we're hoping in him. It is because we do not wait on the Lord. Hey, listen, the word renew, renew your strength. The word renew means to come anew or keep putting on fresh strength. How many of you today need some fresh strength in your faith or walk with the Lord? You need some fresh strength, okay? How many think you're gonna need fresh strength in 2024? At some point, all right? So he says, how do I get fresh strength in my faith? I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm worn out. I'm thinking about giving up on the vision that God has given me. God sowed something into me in 2023 or when 2013 or when I was 13 or God said his things were gonna happen and it's not coming the way I thought and I'm in this season of waiting and I need fresh strength to keep going. How am I gonna do that? Isaiah says, keep your hope in the Lord. Consider who it is, creator, maker, the one who goes before you, the one who walks before you. Put your hope back in Christ. Our strength is renewed as we wait on the Lord. So when I started getting the verse inside of me, I was like, yes, amen on the word wait in eight. Does that make sense? Now all of a sudden wait started looking better because all of a sudden I was realizing what the Lord is speaking to our churches, just keep your hope in me in 2020, 24, right? 2024. So keep, keep your hope in me, keep your hopes up in me, and then keep walking in me. The result of our waiting, I love this. The result of our hoping, if you wanna think about it this way, look what happens as a result. They mount up with wings like eagles. 
strength to soar above everything else. They run and they don't grow weary. How many would love to work out and never get tired? Amen? Yeah. How many would run a mile and not get tired? Half a mile and not get tired. Can you imagine, right? So when you, when you run in faith, and I don't want to grow weary. I don't want to lose faith. I don't want to lose hope. He says this is the promise for those who keep their hope in the Lord. The purpose of waiting to gain strength. Listen to me. The purpose of waiting why would God call Brave Church as a church body family to wait in eight? Listen, so important. The whole purpose of waiting is to gain strength, to move forward. It isn't about strength to show off, but strength to go forward in. God wants to give this body strength to keep going forward in what he's called this church to do. What he's called you to do maybe individually, individually as a couple, Maybe you're a young person in career paths or whatever it is you are in your walk with the Lord. Today is about a day that he's trying to put something inside of you and I'm encouraging you to join with us as a church body to wait and eight. Keep my hope in the Lord so he'll give me the strength to keep pushing toward the thing that he's called me or called us as a church body to do. Isaiah 40, the word weary means exhaustion because of the hardness of life. There's a reality that sometimes in life and in the world today, you look around and there's exhaustion all over. How do I keep from that exhaustion level in my faith? Keep your hope in the Lord. Remember who he is and what he's capable of doing. I think three interesting words that Isaiah writes, soar, run, and walk. Notice, there's a soaring, there's a running, and there is a walking. I want this to really penetrate your heart. And I think for some of you came to really hear this, as even in my notes, that some of you came here to hear this statement right here. Write this into your notes. Often the most spiritual thing you can do is keep walking in the waiting. You ever meet people who it always seems like they're soaring with Jesus? Has anyone, raise your hand if you've ever met someone and it looks like they're always soaring with Jesus. Can I just say it right now? I do not like those people. You know, but you know, come on, can we be honest sometimes? You're like, man, do you ever get down? I mean, do you ever get depressed, you know? No, 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 I'm always happy in the Lord. Joy of the Lord is my strength everywhere I go. And you're spitting off scripture everywhere. And man, just another wonderful Sunday, isn't it? Praise the Lord. And you're like, what? where do you live? How much do you have? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You ever meet people like this? It just seems like they're always soaring in the Lord. You ever been around people and it's like every prayer request is answered? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I get around other pastors. Oh, yeah, man, but another $9 million check came in, man, building great buildings. Praise the Lord. 19,000 salvations. It's incredible. You're like, praise the Lord. No, I don't want to hear any of that, actually. I could care less. And I get real defensive. I'm like, dude, it ain't about numbers, bro. It's not about numbers, you know. Why you guys put on numbers, man? <laughs> oh, man. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody relate to this? This is a family talk, you know? Marriage is thriving, man. Kids love Jesus. Actually, little Johnny the other day was just worshiping the Lord, fasting in prayer. And I'm like, what? My kid's cussing. He's six. I don't. Is that happening? Anybody relate to what I'm saying? You've been around these people? I'm saying to you, Isaiah's saying there's, there's soaring, you know, there's running, man, dancing before the Lord, you sit in worship, people lifting hands, singing songs, and you're just, 
your marriage is so erect, you can't sing. Come on. Your, your, your job, your career path isn't where you thought it was going to be, and you're like, I, I have nothing to say. But you see people running in the Lord, and you're like, ah, it's not me. Listen, I believe the most spiritual thing you can do many times in life is just keep walking in the waiting. I think Isaiah's statement there, they will walk. They don't run. They're not soaring. They're walking. And you got to think about Israel, who's walking toward their homeland, rebuild the temple. And I think he's speaking this to the nation of Israel and maybe even to your life today. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is show up because that's all I have. Don't miss that. And don't think for a minute that means that all of a sudden your temperature and, and your love for the Lord, your zeal for the Lord, man, the most spiritual people, you know what they do? They just show up again. They show up when there's mountaintops, show up when there's valleys in life. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just keep walking. Don't give up. Longevity. Just keep going. And this is what Isaiah is doing. So I want to give you five things uh, to do in the waiting. I want to read a quote to you. Warren Wearsby said this, the greatest heroes of faith are not always those who seem to be soaring. Often it is those who are patiently plotting. I almost titled the whole talk today, Patiently Plotting. Blessed are the plotters, for eventually they arrive at their destination, amen. Just patiently plotting, just, just going. It's a faithful, faithful act. I'm gonna give you five things to keep doing in the waiting. But to set this up, I'm gonna tell you a workout story. I've been going to the gym recently, I know you can tell. And, um, <laughs> And, uh, but I've been going to the gym. I, I'm not a gym guy. Normally, I've always been a, by myself in the garage and uh, kind of person when I work out. And, but I've been going to the gym and it's certainly been motivating me. So my first day back at a gym, I haven't been to a gym in years. It's, it, I just did it in my own, my own place kind of. And, uh, but I decided to go. And, um, and so I go and, and I see all the reasons why I don't go to gyms. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but, but I'm there and, and man, you know, you, you ever seen some, you know, you know you've seen some ripped people, you know, I mean, just ripped, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever, and so anyways, this guy's doing some, he's doing some of these, you know, like pulls or whatever, these row things with the bar, and he's doing it, and he's just cut as all get out. Now, how many know, and, and you work out, male or female, okay, when you, your ego, you know, you start to, I mean, I could do that, you know, and, <laughs> you know, you kind of push yourself, and everybody has headphones in, and everybody's acting like they're not paying attention to everybody else but everybody's watching everybody else trying to measure themselves up. Anybody? Yeah, can I just see a hand? Somebody relate to me, thank you, I'm not alone. So this guy's doing some stuff and he's, he's ripped, he's cut, you know. And so I'm like, man, I, you know. And you know, you know here's this man, it's a little family talk. So I knew I should have put tens on the side. <laughs> and, uh, but, like this, and this is full confession, this is family talk, right? But there's some ladies around, you know. I can't put tens on, you know. So, you know, it's kind of pushing the ego a little bit. And listen, I love my wife. Chris is good. Okay, we're marriage is fine. All right. So, but you know, I put four, I put forty fives on. Like, yeah. You know, this is. And of course, I'm acting like nobody, nobody's watching me. 
you know, and I'm like, I'm in my own world, this is what I do at home. So I get to about the seventh rep, and you ever had this, I've never had this happen. I'm doing the workout, and I'm like, oh, ah. And it was like pain in my ab, and I thought, oh my God, I got a hernia. Oh my God, what did I just do? I mean, I literally was like hurting. So I went to the softball team that night, and I showed up, and Theo was there. I'm like, he's like, you got a hernia? I said, I don't know, man. I don't know what I did in my ab. And anyways, I'm okay now. But I set it down when I learned a lesson. You're not there yet. <laughs> and it was like, I got a lesson from the Lord on this, you know? Man, don't outpace the Lord. You're not there yet. But, but I had an option. I could stop going to the gym, but then I'll never get to where I want to be. So you know what I do? Just keep going. Just keep getting stronger, right? Just keep building that muscle. So that's why I want to give you with that picture in mind, understanding that, you don't just stop and drop the weight and say, no, you just change it, adapt to where you are, but you just keep moving. And then eventually you get to where you want to be. So I'll give you five things to do when you're waiting. Waiting on the Lord. All right? Number one, keep praying. As a church, I believe God's calling us to keep keep praying. Keep praying. Right? Alignment. Man, prayer is powerful. It aligns you with the Lord. Just keep praying. So at 9 a.m., every single Sunday morning, we have people right here in this room who pray from 9 to 9.30. And I'm gonna ask all of you to do something. Show up at least once in 2024. I would love to see, I would love to see us triple in size in our prayer meetings. Sometimes it's three or four people. I'd love us to get to 12 to 15 people praying every Sunday morning before service going after the Lord. Amen? I would love to see that. And I'm inviting you here from 9 to 9.30. And child care is provided during that time, right? There's child care available to you. So show up and pray. I know the truth about your life. You hardly have time to go, to go get away from the kids and family and business and chaos. We're creating space for you right here in your church home to pray from 9 to 9.30 every single week, you know you have a spot at least for 30 minutes to get with the Lord. And I'm praying that we pack this place out for prayer, 9 to 9.30. Amen? I believe it. I think God is calling our church to prayer. So we're gonna keep praying in our groups, which we do. You know, we pray together in our groups. We'll have different seasons of fast that we'll do in 2024, as we always continue to do. So we're gonna continue to ramp up prayer in our church. Everybody good with that? Keep praying. I think the Lord's calling us to keep praying. Number two, Keep serving, keep serving, right? Um, as a church, uh, it's been incredible to see different things that are happening. I want to kind of celebrate a couple of things. We'll put some, just some numbers up for you, some cool things. Currently, there's 126 active volunteers in our church. Amen to that. Um, it's good. And, um, and that's exciting to see, 126 people that are currently serving in this body uh, on a rotating basis. And uh, and I could tell you, the need for our church is still there and um, would love to have many more sign up. We had 20 new serve team members so far join our teams this year. Uh, we've had 16% growth from 2022 to 2023 over the past year and just our serving. That's fantastic. Can we celebrate what God is doing? Um, I'm grateful for that. Grateful for that. So love to see that serving is going up. Number three, keep gathering. Keep gathering. Uh, that's on Sundays and in groups. So I wanna celebrate some things here that are happening in our church body that you may not be a know of. Uh, we currently have, this is incredible, 109 active members who are part of a group in our church family. That's fantastic. And I think that's awesome. What I love is like five of you are clapping, the others you're like, nah, so you, 
you try it out. You know, if you ain't clapping, then you come try this out. Get 110 people to sign up for a group. Somebody celebrate that. That's fantastic. I mean, it's all the work and labor that goes in. Shelly's over here like, come on, you know. Man, getting people in groups, I'm proud of you. It's fantastic to see what God is doing in our church. Um, I love this. And you don't have to clap for every one of these. I'm just celebrating what God is doing. Um, average monthly attendance for a small group. Uh, so we had 75 unique individuals just uh, show up to one this past month. So if you have 109 sign up and 75 still on average showing up over a month, that's fantastic. Uh, average Sunday adult attendance uh, is 121. Now just wrap your head around that. That's over half of you are showing up consistently to a group. That means that when you think about the ratio of 50, over 50% of you are involved in a small group, most churches would kill for something like that. Listen, that is fantastic. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I see those numbers and I'm like, that's incredible because that really speaks, I believe wholeheartedly to the health of our community for the health of our church, that we're not just a church that shows up on Sundays and then doesn't, that the majority of you are heavily involved or getting involved in discipleship because we believe that disciples are built in circles, not in rows, right? And that real community happens in those groups. That is fantastic. I love that about our church body. Um, something else that, that is really cool just to celebrate, 62% uh, of adults are involved in a group. That's fantastic. That's huge. Do you realize that? Go out, go to you know, church, ask if 60% of their church is involved in the group. Most are not even close to that. It's fantastic. And I'm not comparing necessarily to us other churches. Yes, I am. All right, moving on. That's fantastic. Paul did it, and I just talked about it for two weeks. All right, so um, average Sunday October attendance is, was 192. Can we celebrate that? And, and let me tell you, why does that matter? I'll tell you why it matters, because... In 2022, our average attendance was 120, so we have grown by 60% as a church in one year. That's fantastic. And if you're not clapping, you're like, no, we want the kingdom of God to shrink, you know? I mean, less people in the kingdom. <laughs> no, amen? I mean, that's fantastic. It's, it's awesome to see that. And I mean, think about uh, if you grow as an organization by 60%. Talk to any business, to grow by 60% in a given year is fantastic. Think about what it would look like if we had 60% more next year. Amen. It's fantastic. I think it's awesome. Uh, in our groups, well, this is kind of interesting, we had 16% growth from 2022, so the exact same number of growth from serving in groups uh, from the last year within our group. Men's group, by the way, this is incredible, has been the biggest growth. It's doubled in size. Come on, men. I'm proud of you. There we go. That was the loudest clap because that was all the ladies. Yeah, get my husband in church. And I've uh, been praying for that. Amen. So, man, it's awesome. So keep gathering, keep gathering. Number four, keep giving. I just did two weeks talk on giving. Um, so I'm not gonna sit here and unpack more of that. Uh, you know, but um, this isn't just about you giving, it's also about our giving, so I wanna share a little bit about both of that perspective, that not just the your giving, but also the church giving out as well, so I wanna do that. But I wanna invite up Tracy, come up here for just a minute. She's gonna share a story. She was hoping I wouldn't call her up, but I told her I would, maybe. So we have time. So, Tracy, come grab that microphone. It's over there, and the mic is on, and I wanna share this with you, just a little bit about this. So this is stuff you can't make up, all right? So I did uh, two weeks, um, you okay? Everybody good? Okay, okay. He's making sure she had the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> she knew. 
Um, and uh, and but, camp. Uh, so last two weeks, uh, did a talk on giving, right? And uh, talked on tithing and giving and how New Testament talks about giving more than 10%, right? Because it all belongs to him and grow in your giving and grow in your giving. So anyways, uh, last week, I uh, had three people come to me after the service was over and each give a unique testimony, if you would, about their giving. And, um, and so if you remember, we, if you were here last week, I handed out some $20 and some of you came back today hoping to get, no, no more today, but some of you came back, I'm just gonna give you yeah, more money, this is awesome. Uh, but I gave out some money last week and uh, as part of a, you know, take this 20 bucks or take this $100 or whatever and go give it out, remember? And so uh, I gave Tracy last week, I, and I had no, you know, no prior knowledge of what she's about to tell you, but um, I walked back there and, and gave her 100 bucks. And then I found out this story, and I was like, oh, y'all got to hear this. This is awesome. This is a family talk. So what, what happens in the house stays in the house. So don't go try to beat up her after church. All right, so, but this is awesome. Okay, so, I'm, I'm so nervous because I don't, I don't do this, but pastor asked me to do it, and I can't say no. So here I am. So last week, um, Rick always prepares the envelope for tithing. Rick is your husband. Yeah, my husband. So he put the amount of money in that we do, but he was short. And so he looked at me and was like, do you have any money? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, give it to me. And I'm like, I only have a $100 bill. And he's like, give it to me. I'm like, all right, fine. So I give it to him, puts it in there, put it in the gift box. And then pastor yeah. said, does anybody want $100? And I was like. <laughs> and he walked through the whole place and came to me all the way in the back and handed me the $100. And I was like. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my story. Thank you, Tracy. You're welcome. Listen. So, and Tracy knows this and I was talking with her. So here's the funny part. So, so afterwards, Rick comes up to me. <laughs> Man, you won't believe this, bro. And Tracy comes up to me. But really, I talked to Tracy a little bit about it. And, uh, and I said, Man, don't feel bad. But this is the truth. When, I, when Tracy told me last week about that, and this is full open, right? Because you're just people, right? Just, she was back there, and her, her point was, is, and I know she would say it, was she was struggling giving that 100 bucks, right? And I know that, you know, they're, they're saying there was a, they were, you know, however the giving was, and the husband was saying, no, just, just give it all, essentially. That was the statement. Just, just give it all. No, I don't want to be that grudging. No, this is mine. You know, that whole fight for just a minute. And then, and then she's like, fine. Now watch. Fine. And minutes later, the Lord said, here. Now I asked her this morning in a loving way, Tracy, this is family, okay? Did you learn your lesson, Tracy? <laughs> yeah. That's the stuff you can't make up, guys. That is how God works. And I had others come up to me, a similar situation. A couple came to me and said, man, we've been praying and tithing, and then remember this, and I don't want to call them out by names, okay, but came up to me and he said, Rick, you won't believe this. You know, we gave, we gave, you know, here's what we did. We started giving, and then that was the number that you put out, and, and you handed it out, and God showed me something. I mean, just incredible to see testimony. Remember what my wife, she had a vision for the Lord, I think it was, and I rarely say that. I don't think in seven years I've ever said something like that, where I felt like we got a real vision, a picture from the Lord. He says, if you, if you do this, if you honor me in this way, the floodgates of heaven are gonna open up in the church. And all of a sudden, 
people start to respond to God's call in tithing and giving. And you know what the Lord showed our church family? If you'll be faithful with yours, I'll be faithful with mine. And it won't take me long. Can we celebrate God for that? Man. I, I literally, I thanked Jesus when I got that illustration. Thank you, God. Like, that was your, that was perfect. And he's like, I know, right? He's, he's All right, it's fantastic. But I don't want to talk about just how I think God's calling us to give and reconsider the percentage of which you give and tithing and talking about all of that. We listened, we did that last two weeks. Um, but also about as a church body, you know, and what we give out and what we give towards other needs. And so we're gonna put a, something on the screen just says compassion, and I'll unpack these a little bit. Um, compassion, if you were looking at our budget, you would see the word compassion as kind of a heading, and then underneath it, you would see these different areas, the church, the gospel, the community, the hurting, the poor, and the legacy. Now, I'll unpack these very briefly, okay? The, the church is inside the body, that is people within our own body, because the scripture says take care of the people within your body. And so we talk about the church, we talk about giving to people in the body. So we help people in the church take care of the needs that they may have. And then we have the gospel, anything that we help do that advances the gospel. And then the community, that is like our schools and teachers and fire departments or whatever, that's just needs that we meet within the community. And then the hurting, anything that's happening in the world where people are hurting, we help those who are hurting because Jesus had compassion on those who were harassed and help us like sheep without a shepherd. And then we help the poor because Jesus said help the poor multiple times throughout scripture, so we help the poor. And then the legacy is, as for us, it kind of looks more like anything that kind of continues to impact beyond us because we as a church body want to leave a lasting legacy beyond us. And that can look like next generation. It can look like a multitude of things. So, so far uh, this year, we've given, just like I said last week, somewhere around $15,000. Um, our goal every year, our aim is to do 10% of our budget. So our budget this year was set at 300000 and so we uh, are trying, we kind of aim at, we don't just give it away loosely, we try to steward it well, of course, but our aim is to give 30000 out towards different initiatives or some of these areas that fall in these categories, and so far we're at around 15000 but we typically we know that November, December uh, needs start to pick up, and so some of that will increase before the end of the year, and we'll report that out, you know, probably next year when the end of the year closes all out, but I'm excited to do this today, and we've done this before, uh, not like this per se, um, but we've tried to write checks, and I bring in a check just to help you see that we're doing it, um, so pretty cool thing. One of the things that Oh, I don't have my phone. I left my, shoot, I just awesome notes on my phone. My phone is in my backpack. I've got to read this to you, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Andrews, you can bring my phone. It's in my backpack on the side. Thanks. I want to read a letter to you that was given to me. All right, so um, Oasis Pregnancy Centers, uh, one of the places that we help support, along with Jerusalem Institute of Justice, by the way. So when we look at the hurting line up there, thank you. Uh, we think about injustice in the world, or that's what kind of came to my mind when we created the category, the hurting. And, um, and so Jerusalem Institute of Justice, by the way, is currently, it's a legal firm, nonprofit, pro bono, legal firm in Israel, currently is there, and 
It was ran by a lady named Flavia, and I've met with her and their organization, their team. They flew out here from Israel to meet with us and others in our nation that help support them. And so they were generous enough to spend some time with me and continue to cast vision about what they're doing in Jerusalem. And right now, they're, they're huge in, of course, with what's happening and passing legislation and trying to pass laws into consider Hamas a terrorist group. That's one of the things that Jerusalem Institute of Justice is doing. And so when we give to JIJ, we help support that cause. A men to that. And, um, and so I think that's all awesome. And, but, uh, and so we help support them. So anyways, but one of the places that we help uh, to support is um, Oasis Pregnancy Center. And um, they, of course, help with women who are battling the decision of getting an abortion or not. And uh, for us, you know, for me, I am a pro-life and I don't mistake that God creates us in the womb before we come out and he formed us and shaped us and everything thought about us before we ever even existed. And, uh, and so I, we love to come alongside women who are in tough spots in life and having to make decisions that I can't even fully wrap my head around that women have to make sometimes. But uh, this organization comes around women and helps walk them through processes and options and things about life and tells them the truth about stuff. And they do an incredible job. They share the gospel uh, with a lot of these ladies, and um, and so I want to share this with you. I'm trying to look at this on the fly. I apologize for not. I thought I had this uh, in my notes, but I didn't put it in there. But there's a, a couple of stories that she shared with me, and uh, so I'll just tell the story about what we're giving them. I called her up this week. I was at the gym working out, and I felt like the Lord kind of inspired me to say to give to them, and so I sent her a text message, and I said, and I said, uh, here it is. So I sent her a text message and I said, hey, you know, is there any needs that your community has and what you need? And she said, yeah, our clients need, you know, diapers and needs all kinds of things. And I said, no, 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 I feel like the Lord wants me to ask you, what do you need? What does your staff need? And she said that uh, one of the staff needs that they had was they're growing so much, they have four locations, is they need new laptops for all of their staff. And, um, and so we're chatting about that. And so I said, well, send me the list and how much that's going to be. And then, you know, we'll see what we can do. And so she sent me this, but I'll read to you a story that just comes from this, uh, one of their clients. We had such an amazing day here today. Um, we had a mom choose life, watch this, and start to make some positive changes for her baby. She is currently uh, in an abusive marriage and has surgically um, aborted her last three pregnancies. Her husband gets upset easily and frequently and takes it out on me all the time. He controls her money and makes her work at the high-end strip clubs as well as other jobs to make uh, fast money. She has already put a distance between then, which is how she found her way here to Oasis. Uh, we reassured her and provided her education on pregnancy after abortions. She will be returning for a repeat sonogram as she was early, but uh, she already did, um, and she's doing amazing. Uh, Part, it says, uh, amazing part is that by the time she reached the sonogram room, she told the, the person who does the sonogram that she was keeping her baby, her miracle baby, as she called her little one. She cried when she opened up her um, embrace, grace, uh, is what, it, a box, and saw the, uh, I guess, the beyond side you know, I guess what's inside of it. A staff counselor was able to meet with her for a bit, and she is going to return in one week for her follow-up sonogram, uh, God is Great. Isn't that fantastic? And I don't have time to read others, 
But there are two other uh, testimonies of women who chose life. And just in the month of October, they had 12 women who chose life just this month alone. In existence, Oasis Pregnancy Center has had 429 children saved for life over the course of their existence. That's fantastic. So we said, well, how much, how much do you need and what do you need to cover your laptops? How many laptops do you need? And she told me how many laptops they needed. And so here we have a check for $3,500 and it's gonna cover the cost of all of their laptops for their staff. And um, so we'll give that out. Now that's one thing, so that's gonna take us up to a closer to about $20,000 we've given out so far, and we're gonna to continue to, to look for opportunities to give as our year ends and, and trust the Lord that he'll lead us to give as he calls us to. Another thing we're doing, which is really cool, we're gonna to report to you soon, is Owen Perkins is in the room, and he's been doing a phenomenal job with our missions and helping get that up and running, and one of the things we've been doing, we've kinda of kept it quiet, is helping a church in Cuba, and uh, we were able to give them $1,000 recently just to get some projects started. We're helping the pastor there uh, financially for him. Half of that was going to him. Uh, we're going to continue to support him. That's our plan. And then they're also adding on a, a children's space with the other $500. They're building some walls. So they have this small church, and they're taking some photos of it and working on it. Once they get the photos, we're going to share them with you. And then we're going to continue to partner with this church in Cuba to help churches in Cuba. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Go to the world, right? That's what Jesus said, go to the world. So, man, it's fantastic. Uh, so I love what we're doing, it's awesome. So um, I say all that, we keep giving, and the Lord's even calling our church to continue to give out too, and giving out to his people. And I trust that as we give out, he gives in, amen? So, Compassion 2024, uh, this is available on our website. If you want to give towards Compassion 2024, um, our goal is $30,000. We superseded that last year. I believe we can do that again. And here's what it's going to go towards, or some of the things it'll go towards, mainly towards. We need some new production equipment around here. I'm not going to sit here and bore you with every detail that we need, but we need some production equipment added. We've had the same projectors for seven years, and they're starting to fade, and different things that are happening. Even today, uh, my microphone literally broke, went out. So this is a different microphone that I have. So praise God for that. But I'm like, this is funny. We're talking about it today and here this stuff is breaking. So we have practical needs uh, in the house. We're going to have to take care of some of our production equipment. Our next generation, uh, they need all new check-in systems and stations. A lot of times uh, the things go down and things break. So our check-in team right now is like, woohoo, finally new computers and we, we need help with that. And so VBS, our VBS every year is incredible, but it costs a lot of money to put that on, including the venue in which we hold that in. And so our office space, but our VBS, some of us will go towards that curriculum that we purchased for our kids' spaces, uh, and then some of it will also go down towards our compassion, which I just talked about also as well. And so um, I just encourage you to consider prayer giving about our compassion offering. We have special envelopes in our give bins. If you just give out of a regular envelope, just write the word compassion so we know to kind of put it towards compassion. Uh, that helps us out. If you go to our website, there's a giving tab, there's a compassion tab. If you're going to give towards our compassion offering this year, then just make sure you click on compassion. We have two collection dates for that, uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, and then also our anniversary in February as well. And so as you're praying and thinking about what you give towards our compassion offering, offering, uh, that's where it's all going to be going towards. And the fifth thing that you can do while you're waiting, and while we're waiting in the eight, is keep inviting. Keep inviting. Bring someone with you. Bring a person on your journey with you. Because ultimately, we want to lead more people into a transformational relationship with Jesus. Just keep inviting. 
And um, I want to share a couple of photos. Hiro, don't worry about coming up just because of time. But there's a couple of photos. If you're a, uh, some of our parents have 6th to 12th graders, we sent them off to uh, an Echo, which is a fall retreat alongside a Bridgeway. You can put a couple of photos up if you can. Just slide to that. We had three baptisms. Is that right? Three baptisms. And uh, three of our teenagers were baptized. There's Kenny. And, um, and it's awesome to see, and you just keep scrolling through, but some of our young people radically transformed. And I know I had an amazing encounter with God in our fall retreat, and our, even our youth leaders, uh, Hiro uh, is there, and Erica, and Kenny, and different people coming together, talked about how amazing it was, and they had a four-hour service, and they were excited about it. So today, I thought we'd go two and a half more hours, and uh, see... But they did. They, I'm telling you, they said, man, we only had a four-hour service, but it was amazing. God was moving, and it was so cool. And Man, teenagers were crying, and hands were lifted, and, you know, it's just amazing to see uh, lives being transformed, um, you know, and so having a lot of fun. So we're going to continue to, of course, invest in and encourage our next generation, our young people, and our student ministry. Uh, we don't have youth uh, the next two weeks, Thanksgiving holiday, then they're going to have a Christmas party on December the 3rd, and, of course, we have our church-wide Christmas party uh, on December 10th. But I'm um, just excited to see. Can we celebrate what God is doing with our young people? And um, it's incredible. So, Van, uh, don't worry about coming up just because I want to make sure we get out of here on time. So, um, I'm so thankful for, for what you're doing in our church. And, and the word that I just felt like I wanted to share the family talk was, uh, man, we're going to keep waiting in eight. Amen. Wait in the eight. But you know what that means? We're going to keep our hope in Christ. And in the midst of all of that, if you're waiting on a vision to be fulfilled, can I just encourage you, keep praying, keep serving, just keep giving. Sometimes the most faithful thing you can do is just keep walking. And I believe if we just keep walking, if you believe keep walking towards the thing that God has called you to do, he will lead you to the destination in time. And when you arrive, it'll be the perfect time. Amen? Can I pray for you? Jesus, thank you so much for this church body. Thank you. Uh, for, for all that you have done. And so we certainly right now just say, Lord, gratitude. Um, this morning, as I woke up, the first thing that came to my mind was the word gratitude. Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm truly thankful. Even in the fast, you taught me just to wake up and thank you first before anything. And that's something I learned in the fast um, for me personally, just to wake up and say thanks and be, be mindful of what you've done for me and for this body, uh, I'm blown away by it. And I'm so thankful for every person in this room. I really am. Thank you, Jesus, for entrusting them to our care, even, even if it is for the day. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you for our kids. Thank you for what you're doing in our children's ministries and teenagers' lives that were radically transformed. And I pray over each one of those young people where we, we pray for them, Father. We do that what seed was sown would produce harvest of righteousness in their life, would never be stolen by the evil one, but Lord, it would grow and flourish for our student body. We pray there'd be growth in 2024. We pray there'd be hope in you in this church, Father, not just for growth's sake, but for glorification, God, that more would come to know who you are, Jesus. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for uh, giving us a word to anchor into that we're gonna wait in, in a, we're gonna wait, Lord, and trust you and keep our hope in you and stay faithful to everything you call us to do. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And if today, for you, uh, you need to anchor into one of those words, I pray for you that you would keep praying, you keep serving, you keep giving, you keep gathering, you keep inviting. Lord, I pray you bless your people in this church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Hey, I love you. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Take care.